0: And welcome to the Glacier Musical Podcast, the most insulting podcast in the business. Today I am joined by Ben from, oh my God, I forgot the band's name. Um, crap. Hang on, crap. hang on, hang on. No, 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 no. I got email. I'm, I'm very, very professional. I will get this. Um, <laughs> no, it's not Stones, it's Stoned. Oh, God, damn it. Anyway, this is pretty embarrassing. What's the name of your band? Sour times. Wow. Not, oh, okay. I got confused because I was thinking stone sour, not sour times. Oh, hang on. We got somebody else coming too. Oh, cool. Now we will uh, bring in Joseph. Good afternoon,
1: Joseph. We have just started. Right on. Uh, Apologies for the delay. I uh, had a little issue with the Zoom app. So I'm doing it through the browser. Hopefully that works okay. You're like, fine. You're like, fine. Let me me just
0: what's up dude okay and we are joined by joseph and ben and so how are you guys doing tonight
1: oh doing good man
0: doing great what's awesome is i had no idea that you were both going to be here so it's going well (laughs) so let's start off very professionally as though i'm good at this because i would appreciate praise later not from you um Tell me, about, tell me about what you guys do. I listened to your album today and I got to say, I really dig it for somebody who would normally say not a big fan of metalcore. So tell me about what you do.
2: Well, I, uh, yeah, I, I record at home. I'm a big uh, digital recording artist and uh, just really focus on creating a lot of content at home and um during recovery from a couple strokes that almost killed me a couple years ago uh i started writing a song a day and uh now i have a bunch of bands built off of all the songs that i wrote Uh, and sour times is one of them i had done it in the past it was kind of a an outlet for me and um you know now I they were all instrumental albums, and then now uh, I met Joe, um, playing shows together, and we just yeah
1: that's right you were you were uh, you were playing an Oxen at the time if
2: I remember correctly right and I was still doing the
1: Homestay, yep right on,
2: and so yeah we just uh, went back and forth you know I had I had one song that I was like hey this would be cool with vocals and I did like really rough. Uh, vocals for him and and sent them over to joe and was like hey would you have any interest in trying this and he sent back something that i was like um what that's pretty cool let's do that and here we are nine songs later
0: so this is the first yeah. summer times album uh first one with
2: vocals anyway yeah i think this will be considered the fifth album
0: oh so, so did you go backwards karma to burn
2: <laughs> pretty much
0: because their first album had vocals but they don't talk about that
2: now I was never huge into that band to be completely honest so though, it's an
1: interesting correlation at any
2: rate Car-
0: Karma to Burn is and I- I've interviewed them and covered them and all that kind of good stuff they are a very interesting band they are a, a riff based stoner instrumental band no solos sick so take that how you want it that's that kind of description is going to elicit a lot of strong opinions i would think
2: i love stoner rock you know from you know bongzilla to electric wizard and and you know baroness if you would really even consider them or neurosis H- hang on hang on hang on
0: because I-, I really want to get into this i totally do i'm gonna love this but before we get going too far where can people pre-order your album
2: it's uh it's gonna be on uh, first and foremost Bandcamp, which will be directly from us and then um it's gonna be on apple music and um spotify Spotify, which they can't order from, but... uh, CDbaby.com? Yep. No, no. uh, Actually, no, no.
1: DistroKid.com. DistroKid.com. Yeah. Sorry about that.
0: (laughs) Okay. So, Baroness. Baroness is not stoner metal. They're not stoner rock. They are post-stoner metal, if you ask me. Ah, okay. Because it's it's almost there, but they kind of went away from it.
2: Yeah, they definitely, since green and yellow...
0: Uh, I, although I have to now, I loved green and yellow. That's my entry point for Baroness. Hated purple, but loved the their most recent one, gray and something or other, gray and gold
2: or whatever. Gray and, gray and that's terrible. Yes, yeah. gray and
0: gold, a great, great
2: record. Yeah, I've been a fan since the red album. I think. I, I go back with that band. I'm See what good.
0: I hated about purple. Was it sounded just like yellow and gold, but not as good?
2: I, yeah. I, I pretty much fell off around purple as well. I haven't kept up. I had about
0: 10 people telling me that that gray and gold was amazing, so I checked it out, and
2: it actually is, so I would
0: heartily recommend that one.
2: I've seen an, an acoustic thing uh, where John and the name of the new guitar player totally escapes me, um, but I saw them do an acoustic, a song from that and I was blown away. So yeah, I, you know what I, you
0: know what I have no interest in.
1: Acoustic stoner post-metal. <laughs> 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 uh, I mean, just to be fair, man, you kind of lost me at stoner metal to be honest. <laughs> Ooh, so you, I mean, you do the vocals. I mean, a quick question. I was
0: listening. Like I said, I, I listened to the album today and I really dug it. I just have to ask one question shoot how and this is going to sound bad and i'm sorry and you missed the whole preamble about how this is ridiculous so okay
1: that's that's all right i'm a ridiculous fella so you just go ahead and roll with i'll roll with you
0: have you ever thought to yourself shouldn't i just do power metal
1: um
0: if we're gonna go back and forth if you can do that kind of thing i mean there's a lot of great power metal bands that fill up some really
1: great terrible small venues i mean i'm just gonna be real with you i You know, I I did have a brief stint. I don't know if you remember this band, uh, Hyper Solid. Um, They were kind of a regional band around here, but they were a power metal band, and they were just all amazing savant-type dudes. Um, I'm still friends with a few of them today, and um, they're about as power metal as power metal gets, and their singer, uh, I guess he had left or he was sick or whatever, and they had this big show at the Palladium downstairs with Sonata and or something like that, a bunch of crazy power metal, Euro metal bands. And I had to fill in, and you know, it was at that time, which was this is going back like 10, 15 years at least, at least ten years. Um, I came to the very quick realization that I don't have the range for power metal. I can kind of, I, I, I can kind of like fake it to to get by in the pinch, but I just don't have, I don't have the vocal range. It's just a little too high. Um,
0: I'm gonna, tell, I, I, I'm gonna tell you right now. This was you were setting it up to make that the most amazing answer I had ever heard. Oh, we just didn't get there. But, that <laughs> is, um, but le- seriously, that, that's, a, that is actually awesome. Um, I, I was just waiting for you to say I was in this power metal band.
1: Oh. Yeah. Well, no, you know, I, I, honestly, if I, if I had, if I had the, if I had the technical skill and it was really just, just the, the range melodically, I totally would have like really pushed those guys be like, Hey man, let me, you know, this is a lot of fun. I really dig the music. Uh, you know, you guys, you guys are really awesome. Blah, 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 blah. I love all you guys. Let's, you know, let's try and, 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 make this a thing and continue it forward. And I'll see if I can pick up the mantle. But, you know, I had such big shoes to fill this guy, uh, Sam, Sam Rodney space is his name. He was just like, he still is just this amazing screamer singer he has no limit on his range he literally can hit anything and you know it just made me look like a complete schmuck a complete total amateur and you know that 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 from then on i was like yep nope i'm gonna love power metal from afar and that's gonna be it
0: (laughs) no i i completely get that i i really do because i am and i'm gonna say this probably in every podcast i ever do forever i am a failed failed musician do you understand what I mean by that? I didn't uh, I didn't get far enough to be considered a failed musician. I didn't I didn't even get that far. I failed at being that guy.
1: Okay, right <laughs> on. That's fair. I know a lot of folks in that bracket. I, I'm
0: I'm I might not even be in that bracket. I might be overstating this a little bit. I might have oh, it. give yourself some credit,
1: man. You
0: know, I once earned five dollars for playing my own song. So I mean I consider that a major victory.
1: Hey, that, that, that's solid, man, as far as I'm concerned. You, you could have just done it for exposure.
0: <laughs> uh, there weren't enough people there for exposure. Ah, um, uh,
1: yeah, yeah, such as it is, yeah.
0: yeah, but, yeah. Uh, and I, one of the reasons why I have kind of backed off really working on playing is because the music that I love to really listen to, you know, the power metal, the instrumental guitar guys, all that amazing stuff, I'm never going to get anywhere near being able to play that.
1: Yeah. I don't know, man. I think I gotta disagree with you there, dude. You know, like practice, 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 dude. You know, like I've I seen, know, I know how my fingers work. True, true, but you know, I mean, man, repetition. You know, I, I forget what the saying is, but like, if you do something, basically, if you do anything every day for like ten years, it could be anything, and you will get like master of skill at it. You know, even if even if you're not inclined physically, mentally, whatever, just the sheer repetition over time.
0: Yeah, yeah the the ten thousand hours
1: idea, and I'm way yeah. past, I'm
0: way past ten thousand hours.
1: All right, well then, hey, you know, I was trying to just I was just trying to let you know let you down softly, man, and you just I hey, appreciate just,
0: that you're, I really
1: you're do. Determined to bash on yourself, <laughs> but I'm, not, I'm just gonna let you do it. You know,
0: look, there there are things I can play, and I will honestly say I think I can play pretty well. But the kind of music I want to play, I'll never be able to, and that's fair. I I can accept my limitations. Yeah, that's okay. I totally get that. But let me ask you uh, another question. Speaking about vocals, and this is a bit less silly than the power metal, the power metal question. When I first heard what would be described as metalcore lyrics, I, or excuse me, metalcore metal core vocals, I would have to say it was Fear Factory. Would you agree with that statement? Um,
1: yes and no. I, for me, it was Fear Factory and Chimera. And I think I, I think I think I like found out about Chimera just a little bit before Fear Factory. Gotcha. Though Fear Factory may have technically been around a bit longer.
0: My problem with Fear Factory, though, is the switch between the growls and the cleans always felt like a parlor trick rather than part of the song. When you make that switch, it doesn't feel like that. How do you yeah.
1: avoid that? Um, you know. I guess it would have to just be the fact that, uh, you know, the, the, the vocal style of the melodics are much different um, from myself to, and my God, the singer of Fear Factory. His name escapes me. I just read his name on an article this morning. I never heard uh, so I've got no excuse. Well, yeah, I mean, but, you know, it, his, he's got such a, for lack of a better term, theatrical melodic voice. Um, it's very it. operatic. Um, and you know, that's, 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 that's probably where the jar is coming from, going from the screen to, you know, to an operatic thematic type of melodic vocal. When I listen to
0: Ahab, Ahab has that same kind of theatrical voice when they go clean, but it doesn't sound like a parlor trick. I don't know, man.
1: I'm glad you think it doesn't sound like a parlor trick for the sour time stuff. But I can assure you that it is all politics and top food.
0: <laughs> Fair enough. That concludes the part of the interview that's remotely serious. Thank you for that. Fair enough. <laughs> so what kind of, okay, so you don't like stoner metal. Okay, I get that. So you
1: hate Black Sabbath, right? Um, no, you, you, man, you, I, it's not that I don't like stoner metal. It just, I never got into it. I feel like if I, if I still never stopped smoking weed from when I was smoking weed in high school, I feel like I would like it a lot more i don't smoke weed uh, and i love it yeah i know i know but like it, it's kind of like to me it's like a journey kind of thing um and I, I i get i just don't have the patience for it i guess wait, wait, when
0: you say journey, journey do you mean like steve perry or like Walker?
1: <laughs> um not that kind of journey like like uh like a musical journey okay. you know <laughs> um, well, i just, just want to make sure we're, we're on the same page I, I totally get that man that makes sense um but yeah uh, I, I don't know it's just I, I do like it and I do appreciate it but I don't seek it out like okay. I've got a lot, I've got a lot of friends that listen to it and I'm like oh man this is cool you know like for instance you know uh, Ben Regal, his old band Oxen uh, very much stoner metal and I loved those dudes I, I wouldn't like you know be like oh man I want to listen to Oxen right now but if, I, if they came on my shelf like oh man this is cool you know
0: chosen band. metal subgenre.
1: Oh man I, I feel like you're going to judge me Wicked harsh but I gotta say it's probably Death Man Okay uh, Yeah answer. like Whitechapel Black, Black Dahlia Murder uh,
0: Black Chelsea Dahlia, but Black Dahlia Wow Black Dahlia Murder self describes
1: as Death Metal I, Oh yeah they definitely do but their breakdowns Ain't no joke you know what I mean the, and that's basically have, all okay. Deathcore really is. Deathcore is just death metal with obscene breakdowns. And those guys okay. can break down...
0: like. Let me, a, let me ask a stupid question. okay? Because no one has ever answered this for me. What the hell's a breakdown?
1: Uh, Palm muted chugs with a China symbol and just like crashes where people beat the shit out of each other. So like that part of the song where there should be a solo, but then there's just not? Uh... Yeah, yeah. People put solos there sometimes. Yeah, yeah. Yep. Palm muted chugs, though. That's the key. China symbols. Half um, Yeah, Yeah, Half time. Real oh, slow. Oh
0: yeah. Okay. Okay. The slow part. Yeah. I mean, honestly, yeah. nobody has ever really explained it. Everybody just talks about it like it's icing in hockey. You're just supposed to know what it is. <laughs> well, I mean, you know, you ought to know what it is. I, yeah. I agree. I should
1: know. Yeah. But it's a know, personal I failing. Not... I am willing to open up here. Yeah, I mean, you know, if I, if I don't tell you what it is, how are you going to learn? You know what I mean? Right. <laughs> Thank you. People are just Thank too judgy you. in this day and age,
3: you know? We are, and- but yeah, you just
1: take that, take that slow part with the palm-muted chugs and the part that makes you want to beat the crap out of somebody, and that's usually the breakdown. Yeah.
0: <laughs> Yeah, I'm just going to say, I feel like I've heard that kind of stuff like within Pantera before, Deathcore. Oh, oh
1: God, yeah. Oh, God, yeah. Yep. Absolutely. Absolutely. Okay. I mean, like Pantera, like that, you know, they're considered like, I mean, at least to me and, you know, my friends growing up, they're considered like the godfathers of the modern day breakdown. Like those guys just, eh, I mean, just okay. wow. But I, I, I can go something. on for days about Pantera and how important they are, you know?
0: I'm gonna find somebody eventually who shares this opinion. Musically speaking, how different are Pantera and White Zombie? Musically speaking. Musically speaking. Oh, uh, I mean, night and day. Really? Okay. So you think yeah. La Sexto Sisto is night and day away from vulgar display of power? Um. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. Right, going to fair wait enough. I'm gonna find somebody that agrees with me. I haven't today. I think I think I agree with you, Nick. Thank you. I I do. I it's I groove do. metal. It's just instead of it being you know Texas rednecks, they're they're horror movie people.
1: Yeah, I, I, I mean, you I know, agree. It's, it's the vocals that kind of that kind of t- totally you know really really change that. Not just not just the vocals in and of themselves, but. The way the vocalist personalities permeate the music too, like to me, uh, the zombie stuff is just you know it's way more industrial. It's still groovy. I mean, they're definitely similar. See, see
0: that that's why I capped it at uh, Los Exorcista because there's no industrial there.
1: That's fair. That's fair. I I, I still kind of got that like pre-industrial vibe off of it myself when I listened to it, but I didn't. I listen and to that's why, why I like it. Right on. Right on. I like them both, but I wouldn't say that they were, you know, I wouldn't, I wouldn't say, I would say that they were very different in that respect.
0: I, I think they're the same genre.
1: Right on, man. Hey, agree to disagree. You know, that's the nice thing about, about metal. There's so many genres. You can just kind of like bullshit your way through anything, you know, you're like, oh yeah, this is this. It's like, all right, well, you know, yeah, I guess it could be that. I don't think it is, but that's cool. The
0: the other day we I was discussing with some other guys about how many different kinds of doom metal there were. We came up with five.
1: Yeah, I can't even I can't even begin to fathom.
0: Well, there's Doom Metal, right? Yeah. There's funeral Doom Metal. Then there's Death Doom Metal. My personal favorite subgenre name, aquatic Doom Metal. Bitching. Never heard of that. I only know one band that does it, so it might
1: not be a subgenre in fairness. Hey, whatever. I, I want to hear it now. I'm going to look that up now because I didn't even know uh, if that existed. At first, I thought you were messing with like, making shit No, up. No, it's, uh The band is called Ahab. Uh, okay.
0: They, they did a concept album on a 1910 novella nobody ever read called The Boats of the Glen Carrig."
1: Sick. Totally recommend it. It's a great record. It's, it's interesting. I, I'm, I'm going to check it out. But Nick, I got a question for you. Uh, how, how are you? How were you with, like, 80s crappy metal movies? Uh, uh, um, action movies, rather. A lot better than I would like to be. All right, so you're a fan then? Oh, God, yes. Okay, all right. So so it would probably please you to know, and, and I haven't even really spoken to anybody except Ben, but uh, me and a couple of my buddies from Under Concrete Kings were actually working on a kickboxer-based concept record.
0: Oh, my God, that is the greatest thing I've ever heard.
1: Yeah. <laughs> yep. The project is gonna be called Bleed Like My Lee.
0: <laughs>
1: and uh, yeah, we're actually starting like live drum tracking sometimes. Look, this I
0: want you to say something that puts me off this, but you haven't. I'm just- Okay, right on. I'm, that, no, yeah.
3: seriously.
0: I, I oh, love pretentious concept albums. <laughs> the, the When your first album, like your first favorite record is The Wall, You've pretty much just doomed yourself to ridiculous crap.
1: It's funny you mentioned that because I remember when I was a boy, that was my favorite record because it was my dad's favorite record. And we used to go, we used to pick my mom up when she was going to college and my dad was working nights and he would take me with him to pick my mom up from school every day. And for, for months we were listening to the wall on cassette in the car while we were waiting. And that was like my favorite record growing up, mostly just because like my dad liked it so much so uh,
0: interestingly enough my daughter loves it because i love it so much
1: yeah yeah it's kind of weird how that works man you know but like so also one of my favorite records coming up
0: and then here my dumbass is buying every damn version i can find of the stupid thing i have hey. oh, well, i've got pink floyd the wall i've got pink floyd the wall live i've got roger waters the wall live in berlin and roger waters the wall live 2015.
1: give me another one i'll buy it clearly right on right on I'm sorry, I got your segue there by the by. Just like no, you had this whole notes. podcast is about segues and just wherever the hell it goes. Right on. Well, yeah. So I guess you'll be pleased pleased to know that the title track is probably going to be called Sue, Cow. I'm sorry, repeat <laughs> I, that, please. The title track of that concept record is probably going to be called Sue, Cow.
0: Okay. <laughs> Again, I I want I want you to piss me off and make me walk away, but. You're just not
1: doing it. You're just yeah, yeah. I I, I actually said that to Ben a while ago. I'm like, hey man, uh, are you you know are you an '80s action movie fan? And he's like, nah, not really. Kind of, whatever. I'm like, well, can I send you something anyway? <laughs> <laughs> and he's like, yeah, sure. I was yeah, so happy. I was like, oh my god. Yeah. Okay. So we we've
0: all watched Cobra Kai here, right?
1: Oh my god. Yeah.
0: Okay. Uh, I Karate Kid was like my favorite movie when I was growing up and I mean that was I don't know why I, I guess because oh no I do know why I have always been a Japan a Japanophile like my whole life without even like trying to be just kind of happened and in 1985 it was as close as you could get so uh, you know and so we're watching I'm watching Cobra Kai with my wife and I'm like oh my god and she's like what it's the it's the sheets of ice and she's like what yeah Did somebody write a concept record about Karate Kid part two
1: uh, Karate Kid Part Two, man. I don't know. That's that's kind of tough. I like. I think like the reason like you know I love the Karate Kid stuff coming up too, but it was it's harder to like riff on that because it's kind of it's kind of more campy, you know. Um, where like a lot of the like Jean Claude Van Damme, old Steven Seagal movies like those are more just kind of like meatheadish. Okay, so
0: okay. now that we're gonna bring up Jean Claude Van Damme, there is a movie I need to tell you about. I want to okay. see if you've seen it, but I don't remember the name of it. So I got to Google it because I, uh, just for the record, we did not plan uh, Jean-Claude Van Damme discussions.
1: <laughs> All right. Uh, yeah, that's probably my fault too. Sorry. No,
0: I'm I'm totally fine to go here because now I can bring up a movie with one of my absolute favorite martial arts actors. Oh my! I didn't know that it was rated that low, but I would rated I would have rated it that low. Uh, have you ever oh, seen the movie Black Eagle? Black Eagle? No, no. But 59. but that sounds
1: like something I would watch.
0: <laughs> okay, it is a 1989 vehicle featuring the aforementioned Jean Claude Van Damme, but it also has the greatest ninja actor of all time, Shōkousōgi. Cool. That's all you need to know. Don't watch it. It's 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 just terrible. Yeah, well, I, I watched it at 15 and went, "No, this is crap." Yeah. I don't know. I want to watch
1: it again now. Yeah. That's kind of part of the allure for me like just like the the bad acting and, you know, oh, the- you know what? Uh, do me There's this movie called Black Eagle.
0: You should check it out.
1: Yeah, you know, yeah, yeah I, I'm actually probably gonna check it out, and I probably will be like, "Wow, this is awful," but I love it.
0: <laughs> do, do you know who Shoko
1: is? Uh, it sounds familiar, but I mean, off the top of my head, I, I he was in
0: the uh, the Ninja series: Enter the Ninja, Revenge of the Ninja, Ninja Three: sure. The Domination.
1: Right on, right on. Yep, yep. I know who that is now. Yeah,
0: pretty awful. So, this in Black Eagle, I saw that during like blood the Bloodsport days blood sport and, oh you know oh god what were the other ones he
1: did um, kickboxer naturally
0: kickboxer oh there was the, the the hockey movie sudden death he was in yep. that one.
1: yeah yeah uh, yeah quest lion hearts oh, the yeah. list goes on that was, that was jean-claude's decade it was like the, the late 80s early 90s yeah i mean
0: the list goes on a lot longer than it probably should but here we are and here yeah, we are last mm-hmm. and it it came out i i discovered this movie during that time frame and I'm like, oh my god, it's The Ninja with Jean-Claude Van Damme. This is going to be the greatest movie ever. doesn't always work like that. It should, yeah. but it doesn't always. Part of the problem was Shokasogi had gotten a little chubby. Yeah. And I, I'm not, yeah. you know, like, you know, I, I'm, ninjas shouldn't be chubby, though.
1: Yeah, I mean, you know, the, I, I think the only redeeming chubby ninja was chris farley probably in beverly hills ninja i gotta be honest i never saw that was not
0: a big fan of chris farley's movies controversial that's
1: fair that's fair
0: i did see was it black sheep i saw black sheep in the theater and i was the one person going what
1: that's fair that's fair everybody's different
0: yeah, I mean everybody's different, and the fact is, I have a very strong minority opinion regarding Chris Farley. But I also don't like Will Ferrell movies either. So maybe I have an
1: issue. All right, Nick, it me off now. Just you know, just throwing that out there.
0: I, I love Will Ferrell as a sketch actor, but I, I I cannot get behind his movies. He is spectacular as Sergeant as, as Agent Will and Holly in uh, Jay and Bob Strike Back.
1: Okay, yep, yep.
0: I'm with that. But I I think Will Ferrell wanted to be a movie star so badly, he just took roles he shouldn't have. Maybe Step Brothers, dude? Got to be honest, never saw it.
1: Oh, man, Step Brothers dude. is awesome.
0: It got to, by the time that movie came out, I had been so turned off by the movies he had done that I just didn't I wasn't interested.
2: I think that one takes the cake, and I might be in the same camp as you. I don't know any other movies that he's been in. Talladega Nights never saw. Like I, I don't watch that at all. You know,
0: I would like to see Talladega Nights and enjoy it, but I don't believe I would. I did really enjoy Walk Hard, uh, but with John C. Riley though.
1: Yeah, the Dewey I mean, Cox story. That's it. I uh, I used to live in North Carolina, and my my uncle was a race car driver for many years. And I've got a lot of friends down south, so like, I, I naturally my opinion about it is going to be biased. But I loved Talladega Nights because I literally know about a dozen people that are basically Ricky Bobby. You know,
0: <laughs> see, the, the problem is for the, the kind of racing that I like isn't the, isn't stock car racing. It's uh, let me rephrase. It's not NASCAR racing. I like like dirt track, middle of nowhere in the rural Missouri mountains kind of racing. Ah, uh, right on. And they don't make movies about that. Um, very few, but yeah, true. But yeah, it's it's I I love Will Ferrell as an actor. I think he is a comedic genius. I didn't even like Anchorman, honestly.
1: <sighs> and I, 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 so can I can get why somebody liked. wouldn't like that. Yeah, I can get why somebody wouldn't like that. I, again,
0: I and I loved the I love the cast of that movie. I mean, that's except for Ben Stiller, who's on my no list because fuck Ben Stiller. Yeah, I'm with you on that one. I, I have a very strong and like unwielding no list of actors: Ben Stiller, Brad Pitt, um, Sandra Bullock, if, if uh, Julia Roberts, if they're in it, I just Leonardo DiCaprio, if they're in it, I won't see it. That's fair. Most people would say no. Most people, most a lot of people will tell me, oh, just get over it and just enjoy it." And I can't do that, so shut up. <laughs> Anyways, uh, movies are fun. Um, what is your favorite sword and sorcery movie? Conan the Barbarian. Oh my god, I was thinking Conan. I was actually I was going to say Conan type movie, but here we are.
1: Which which is better, barbarian barbarian or destroyer? um that's a trick question man is it yeah yeah i mean like conan the barbarian is obviously an amazing movie um conan the conan the destroyer had a lot of things going for it but you know it was just uh at that that time it kind of passed
0: okay you know which is better uh destroyer or red sonya
1: oh man destroyer destroyer Nah, Red Sonia. sonya hey whatever I, I i i didn't like red sonya
0: I, I now in fairness I haven't seen it in 30 years.
1: Fair. So I watched it, it for the first time like 10 years ago. I didn't even know it existed until like 10 years ago.
0: I saw it in like 87. Uh, and I'm like, what the hell? He's Conan? How's he Conan and not a Conan movie? I know. But that I know. was how I was introduced to the t- the concept of the expanded universe. Yep. Okay, so let's how how so going back to Ben for a minute, uh, you were talking about being you know, a digital recording artist. I am amazed continually at how good people can record at home. What got you into that?
2: Uh, I have been into that probably since about 95. Wow. I, I think I started on like the first crappy computer that I had, and I've just never stopped. I worked at music stores, and it's just always been a part of my life.
0: How, how did you learn how to mix and master?
2: um with time really um and now it's just like having friends who do it professionally i just pick their brain and ask if i'm doing things right when i was first doing it i was a bag of shit and didn't know how to do anything (laughs) you know all my levels were all wrong and and mastering was all horrible everything was all over the road um but as i've gotten older i've just refined it more and more Mm -hmm. talking to friends
0: do you see yourself more as an engineer or a producer?
1: A producer. I was going to say, like, I, I'd be pissed if you said engineer, because I'm like, man, you know, you you just make so much stuff. Yeah. <laughs> I, just... I mean, like, I thought, you know, I've been I've been at this racket for quite a bit. And I thought uh, I, I thought I was, you know, a hard worker and and, and you know, a high volume producer until I like. Got past the surface level of knowing Ben and seeing what this dude does, and man, I just went down the rabbit hole when we first started talking about doing this record for Sour Times, and I just started going down the rabbit hole of his band camps. So and I'm like, dude, you have like a dozen albums that you've done in like just like the past like four years. <laughs> like, <laughs> like
0: what? <laughs> what? <laughs> I don't have a question, so help me out. Ask me a question.
1: (laughs) Uh, Man, way to put me on the spot, dude. (laughs) I'm
2: I'm like, I don't know.
0: (laughs) Okay, fair enough. What kind of phone do you have? Let's start there. I have a Google
2: Pixel. I don't know what that is. It's like a Google fucking iPhone. Same thing.
0: Oh, sure. Fair enough. I mean, iPhone, Android phone—it's it, all the same damn thing,
2: exactly. Pretty much, pretty much.
0: You know, how archaic, many apps?
1: I, I have an archaic iPhone 6s Plus.
0: I, I don't even know what the hell I've got an iPhone something. Yeah, that's what I know. It, I mean, <laughs> there there are no apps that are only available on the iPhone besides like Apple iTunes. And hell, maybe well, that's there are? An Android. Standard,
1: yeah. There are a few, but it, it, for the most part, anything you can do on an iPhone, you can do on an Android. It's the same thing, basically.
0: Well, I mean, in fairness, I only have an i only have an iPhone because my father-in-law made me take one for free. And then he chose oh, to pay yeah. for the bill for like 10 years. So, hey. score. Yeah, yeah, that's a score. I'm the only person in the house that I'm sitting in that doesn't have an Apple computer.
1: I don't know how to use a damn Mac. Yeah, I, I've I've adamantly stayed off. Like I, I've always I've had an iPhone basically since you know the end of the Sidekick days. I went from like the Sidekick 2008 to the iPhone, and then I've been an iPhone guy since. But I've always been a PC guy. Never wanted to get a Mac because it was just like you know.
0: Uh. Well, the last year has been really frustrating because my daughter will come up to me and she'll be like, "Dad, I can't do this on my computer. That's not a computer. I don't know how to work that. Go away, witch." Yeah, that's what I want to say, but I'm like, talk to mommy.
1: (laughs) Yeah, it's just you know, it's just one of those things. Like, uh, you know, uh, for the price point for what you get, you know, you literally wind up paying like three times as much for an Apple version of the same machine that you could get in a Windows platform. You know, I
3: know,
2: I know. Man, I, I have, I am totally on the opposite spectrum of you guys. And I drank the freaking Kool Aid.
0: You sound like my stepbrother.
2: I have my stepbrother has told a, me
0: I'm so deep in the ecosystem now I can't get out.
2: Yeah, that's it. And now I'm finally starting to claw my way out. That's why I have an Android phone. I'm like, enough of this. <laughs> shit. I got a fucking iPad, an iPad Mini, a fucking you know, uh, an Look, I want
0: I want a tablet computer more than anything, but not until such point that it's a computer and not a fucking plaything.
1: Yeah. I mean, listen. Uh, real talk. Uh, as far as tablets go, you know, Apple's got that on lockdown. The, the best tablet you're going to get is going to be it's going to be an iPad,
0: yeah, for sure. But until it's got three terabytes of memory, I don't fucking want one.
1: Yeah, that, that's that's their caveat. It's like, and that's where the you know the Windows based and Android based tablets really shine is that they have expandable memory. So, you know, you can throw an SD card in in a you know in a tablet that's not apple and like throw in a terabyte card in there and you're good to go you know what i mean they just can't do that with an apple because they don't want you to do that they want to keep you tied to their proprietary software which is just a really bad business model in my personal opinion i agree i agree
0: okay and we are back we're let's move away from the ipad conversation a little bit i think sounds good so what i don't know I don't know where to go from now. Um, didn't have anything planned.
1: Well, you got to write some questions down, man. You know,
3: I, I do. I've yeah. never I the, I do. The
0: only time I ever had questions written down for an interview going into it was with Rex Brown. And it was one of the worst interviews I ever did.
1: Well, I mean, you don't have to sit to a verbatim, but, you know, like, it, I don't know, like, I guess like a loose agenda, you know.
0: I don't do agendas. Fair enough. Uh, I find that, you know, whenever I'm doing an in-person interview, what I do is I, I, put my phone on record and I say, how's it going?
1: You go fast and loose. I can respect that.
0: I find that by just having a conversation, just seeing where it goes, you get more out of somebody than if you've got like a set agenda. My agenda is you're usually, okay, let's get a couple of things out. Like I asked you about power metal. That was on my agenda. Not really a good plan, but I did it. And yeah. that's that's what I do. Because I think, I, for me personally, I, I try to do the kind of interviews I want to read. I want to get to know the person. Because if I get to know the person, I will have an idea of whether or not I'm going to enjoy that person's music just by who they are. I appreciate that. So... Where are you guys from? Because I don't, I don't even know that.
2: I'm from uh, West, I'm from Western Massachusetts, and Joe's from Eastern Massachusetts. Yeah, I think we're like two and a half hours. Apart. How, how
0: different are the sides of Massachusetts?
2: Oh, night and day. Very. We're freaking hippies out here.
1: Yep, and uh, we're like. You know, raging, uh, nice assholes out here. <laughs>
0: okay. I am from St. Louis. I'm in the Midwest. So I think I'm obligated to dislike you guys on principle. And I apologize for that.
1: that that's yeah. okay. We, you know, I mean, us East Side boys, we dislike everybody out of principle, but it's like, it's a love hate thing, you know?
0: Well, one of the coolest things about Boston and St. Louis, which I don't know if either of you guys are in Boston, but in. Boston and St. Louis are the only two t- only two cities to have played each other for the World Series, the NBA title, the Stanley Cup, and the Super Bowl. Really? really? That is some trivia. We got three out of four, at least. We didn't win the Super Bowl.
1: Yeah, that's fair. I mean, you know, Tom Brady, you know, just... I don't you know, follow sports at all, but I love that there's this, like, cult of Tom Brady. <laughs>
0: you know, until, until, like, six months ago, I would have told you that Tom Brady was somebody who benefited from a system
1: yeah I I, I, I couldn't tell you I, I don't follow sports at all Ben doesn't either and that's one of the things I like about <laughs> <laughs> I I like I like
0: hockey and I like soccer that's really all I follow yeah those yeah. are cool sports that's why
1: <laughs> yeah exactly I totally agree I totally agree
0: uh, I, I think it's you know scientifically proven that if there's a goalie and a goal the sport is better.
2: I think that that's true yeah I think, I, I think mainstream sports in this country are yeah they're definitely on my thing
1: I don't know they just scream you know as an opiate to the masses for me that's why I just could never get into it
0: but what isn't an opiate for the masses in um, terms of art or entertainment because I think sports are a bit of an art
1: I I would agree with that. Yeah, I'd be inclined to agree with that too. But the, takes, takes the manifestations that, that run the sports, like the, the actual sports players themselves, absolutely. But the actual institutions that you know de- develop and deliver the sports to the masses, like just they, I don't know, they're just they're just cogs in the machine, as far as I'm concerned.
0: How's that different than the mainstream record label system?
1: Um, it isn't.
0: That's kind of that's kind of what I'm what I'm what I'm poking at here. Oh yeah,
1: no, I absolutely agree. Absolutely agree. But it's easy for me to it's easy for me to say and condemn that because you know I've been an unsigned artist for my entire career, so you know. Well,
0: it, one of the things I like personally about unsigned artists and minor league and lower level sports is, it's the people at that level have the courage to be themselves.
1: Yeah, I d- definitely agree with that. Like you know. um, it was one of the things I really liked so much about doing the Sour Times record was it was a huge departure for me, lyrically kind of getting into, you know, and and it was really just kind of riffing off, you know, what Ben wanted to do, Um, which I, I usually will try to do that if I'm working with someone who's writing the majority of the material and be like, Hey, you know, what does this song make you feel? What do you want this song to say? You know? And, um, and it was just kind of weird because as me and Ben talked more and more about it, the more we realized how, how closely aligned we were to each other politically. And it just kind of snowballed into a thing. I, I've never done it before. Like I've never done, you know, I've never done like political justice-based, like state of the world kind of stuff. Like I'm doing with Sour Times. It's really one of the things that makes it such an enjoyable project for me to do. Um, and it's kind of awesome because, uh, you know, just we can do that. We can just, we can basically do whatever the hell we want and uh that's one of the you know one of the things i'll always enjoy about you know doing this music thing and and releasing stuff because it's like you know i've had producers work that i've worked with over the years are like oh yeah you know it'd be cool do this that and the other thing and usually i'm pretty accommodating but like at the end of the day i make music for me and ben's kind of the same way like he you know it's an outlet for him like we do this so we don't go on a shooting rampage like some of the other crazies out there. (laughs) Um, So like, we just kind of do what makes us happy and what we want to hear. And if people happen to like it or want to listen to it, that's great. But even if they didn't, we'd still be doing our thing. You know what I mean?
0: And that's honestly, that's exactly the way it's supposed to be. To me, all music, all art, all anything is supposed to be an expression of self. And if you're not making the music you want to hear, If you're not making the podcast you want to hear, you're doing it wrong.
2: Absolutely. Yeah. I mean, you know, you're selling a product. You're not actually, you're concerning yourself with selling something. You're not actually creating to create. Yeah.
1: and, And man, you know, no matter how smart or unintelligent a person may be, people have this uncanny ability to really key in on that and they can spot disingenuous very easily. So, you know, you're kind of doing yourself a disservice if you're not being honest with what you're trying to do, you know?
0: Agreed. And I think most people would say that they prefer genuine music. And one of the things I noticed is a lot of bands, maybe not a lot, but I have noticed when bands had sold out, like Metallica, say, circa 1991. And it was interesting to me at that time, hearing everybody talk about how what Metallica used to be as what Metallica is at
1: present. Yeah, see I I find it really weird that you say that because like I know that they were a totally different band in the 80s as opposed to they were the 90s. But one of the albums, the first albums that got me into metal when I was coming up, believe it or not, was actually Load, which I know like you know a lot of old school Metallica fans really hated on that record. But that kind of yeah
2: I mean they hated on it hard like but that got me into it, you know. Yeah,
0: so. I, I'm not talking about Load. I'm talking about the Black Album.
2: Yeah, the That's Black. Fair. I'm with I'm with you, Nick. I mm-hmm. lost them after Justice. I was done.
0: I, I I still love Metallica. I still buy everything they put out. Um, but I, I the only two that I'll never own again are the well the three I guess Black Album SM one and and Saint Anger because Saint Anger was is just horseshit. Oh, but
2: that snare, though, come on. That's man. That's, a, that's all I could think of when we're talking about this fucking band was that snare.
0: <laughs> you know, and the, the, the snare wasn't even the worst problem of that album. That was, I mean, it's the one you hear most readily and it's the most easily spotable issue. But the biggest issue I had with that album, one, they put rules on what they were going to do, which is an, antithetical to what they always said they were two they didn't play all the music
2: yeah done
0: so you play one riff and then you copy and paste it and now it's not Metallica
1: yeah they well that they, they kind of got away from like doing that live recording type thing to get like the whole thing you know and uh I oh, I can I, I I can't really advocate too much against that because you know that's I do that a lot. That's, that's very common in modern digital recording. You know, like uh, you get a really solid take of, you know, a measure and then, you know, you paste it as many times as needed for that part. Um, You don't do that for everything, but a lot of things, you know, like instead of trying to get that entire part played eight times over perfect, which you know, that sucks. You get you get six measures spot on, and then you just miss that one little note on the seventh, and it's like, okay, well, do I, I gotta start all over again now? That sucks, you know. But that's
0: <laughs> what I like about music.
1: Yeah, no, I know the little the little idiosyncrasies too. Like a lot like of times those little
2: mistakes add character. Yeah. Yeah, the flaws let you know that people made it.
0: Exactly. Like, yeah. And what the Metallica albums I love the most are Lulu, not a joke. I legitimately love that record, and the Garage Days series, because those are the, the times. Fucking,
2: that... that song "Bread Fan," uh, I think it's on what the the first Garage Days. Like... Uh, it's on. It's on. Um, it's the B side of the Eye of the Beholder soundtrack, the, which yes. was released
0: on Garage Inc. Dude, it,
2: what's that budgie? That's a budgie song yep. or something. Budgie. Oh my god, that is still to this day that goes on and I'm like, uh, yeah that's that's Metallica right there. That's well
0: what I, I love think. about those albums is they're loose and Metallica on record never allow themselves to be loose.
2: Yeah. I mean how can you be loose when you're paying a, a therapist to be in the studio with you $40,000 a day or whatever ridiculous thing it was? Did you see that some kind of monster movie? You know I wish I hadn't yeah, same. Uh, the one thing about that movie
0: I loved was watching the bass player auditions. And I wish I had never seen anything else from it. Because it's... They're, they're, they tore down the veil too much. Yeah. But that's, that's what they wanted to do, so they fucking did it. And
1: whatever. Whatever. I will never. I kind of. I, I kind of look at music like you know, uh, uh, being in a band. You know that they. You, I've heard it thrown around like you know, being in a band is like having four girlfriends at the same time. And while that's kind of true in a negative sense, I've always thought it was kind of true in a you know more metaphysical sense as well. Because like you know, I don't know, man. I, I I tend to love a thing if there's some mystery about it. Still, you know, and. uh I don't know. I feel like a lot of people are like that, you know. Like once the once the mystery is figured out, and you know, there's there's no more mystery aspect to it, you tend to lose interest and it loses some of its luster. So I can totally understand that for sure.
0: Well, it's the exact same thing for when Ozzy did the Osbournes, right?
3: Yeah,
1: right.
0: I I love Ozzy Osbourne more for Sabbath than for his solo work. Same. But after the Osbournes show, I never bought another album of his.
1: Yeah, yeah, well, yeah, because it, uh, you know, you got to see, you got to see it with unobscured eyes behind the scenes, kind of. Which, again, it takes away the mystery,
0: you know. If, but I can watch that kind of thing with Alice Cooper because Alice Cooper admits that Alice Cooper is an act. Yeah. I don't, I don't know if, how, why that makes a difference because it really shouldn't,
1: but it does. Well, I don't know, man. I feel like there's a reason Ozzy Osbourne has bucket yet that's probably because he really is the prince of darkness but uh you know that could be <laughs> 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 that could be debated you know but it's like it, taking the Osbournes, like you were mentioning like watching that show and it's like man he's just kind of like this silly confused old man and I don't know man if I was the prince of darkness I probably would be silly old and confused at this time you know after a yeah, few thousand years
0: <laughs> I don't want to see him looking as feeble as my father
1: Yeah. Hey, that's a tough thing to watch, man. You know, but, uh, I don't know. It's, uh, that, that aspect of life is part of the human condition. You know, that you can either choose to ignore it or, uh, you know, just choose to face it whenever you see it. You know what I mean? But he wasn't
0: really that old
1: then. But he did a shit ton of drugs, man. (laughs) My mom did and she never got that silly yeah I know, but you know so some people are different, you know, uh although
0: she probably didn't do nearly as much cocaine as he did,
1: yeah, I mean, you know you do you know take example, like Steve Tyler, I guess from Aerosmith, and how like he still looks really great, you know, I guess heroin slows down your aging process or something like that, <laughs> um now, nah, I remember reading something about it, you know like some some drugs do more damage to your body than others, you know, like alcoholism, et cetera, and so forth, you know um uh it, each thing takes their toll in different ways and, uh you know, people age differently as well, so, you know.
0: Yeah, I mean, it's just I when you pull down the veil and all of a sudden a person you see as a pillar of strength, which I always saw Ozzy that way, he was the vanguard of metal. And then you see him in sweatpants Yelling talking about, about burritos. Dogs.
2: Yeah yelling at dogs talking about burritos and i'm like uh it takes all that luster from the first time you heard sabbath you know and and you were like oh this is the greatest thing ever it just kind of flushes it a little it does i know man I, i gotta disagree i i i loved
1: that uh you know that there was a human aspect to him like it was like okay it's something relatable you know like um a comparable experience, I could say, would be like, you know, uh, I remember some years ago I uh, I was in a band and we loaned out our practice space to a, uh, uh, you know, a very famous act for for a practice before they had to go on a run. And it was amazing to see, like, you know, to walk in there and like hear that band suck for the first like 20 minutes <laughs> <laughs> because it was like, OK. Oh, wait,
2: you're is- human, too. <laughs> yeah, you guys are fucking human. OK, cool. All right, it's, so it's not just me, you know. <laughs> like, I, m- maybe that's the thing. Ozzy Osbourne, at least to me, was like a superhero.
1: Yeah, yeah. And you know, and when he when you was, see them in the human he aspect, came up,
0: he came up during the time when all you saw
1: was them on. Yeah, right. But like, that, but that's part of the show, man. You know, like you never, you know, a good showman will always be able to give you that, whether you know. Whether he's feeling 100% or whether he's, you know, dying of cancer, man, you know, like, and that does happen, you know, when you when you get up on that stage, you know, you're, you're a different person, then you're a performer. And, you know, you have to, you have to give, you have to maintain that. And I, I thought it was cool seeing Ozzy as a human, you know, like, it was like, okay, man, you know, like, it, it kind of re, reinforces the, the potential of, of it for for other people when you tear that illusion down. It's like, okay, this guy is just a man. He's a talented man, but he's just a man. So like, you know, he's obviously, you know, if he can do it and clearly it's a human being now that I'm seeing, then that potential, uh, you know, resides in anybody and anybody could, you know, potentially have that chance to do well and achieve that level of greatness, you know? So like, I, I, I didn't take it, I didn't get disheartened by it at all. I okay. was- it, it it was uh it, it was really cool to see that it was like all right, man this this dude's like kind of a regular guy in a lot of ways that that's kind of cool to see that side of somebody you know
0: okay i, I like your perspective i appreciate that
1: yeah i okay. totally get i totally get where you're standing from though like and i totally see it and i totally feel that in a lot of ways too like it definitely like takes away from it takes away from the power um Dude, for I sure
0: it's a lot like I, I don't know how old you guys are, but I'm in my I'm in my mid 40s, right? Same. And I remember Kiss taking off their makeup,
1: and from that moment I'm, on, I'm, I'm I'm 35, man. So like I'm I'm, I'm like a decade behind you guys. I so think that's why my perspective about it's a little different,
0: you know? So when I mean when I grew up, I mean at a very young, you know, when I got I mean I got into music really early, early 80s. I don't remember a time in my life when I wasn't a Kiss fan to the point where I, I remember them taking the makeup off. I remember all that stuff. And it colored the music for me at that age. And I remember listening to Motley Crue's Shout at the Devil and thinking, oh my God, I'm going to hell because I'm listening to this with them. I remember Black Sabbath, Live Evil, Ronnie James Dio during, uh, during Heaven and Hell singing I want to burn in hell with all of you, with every last one of you, and thinking, "Oh well, I'm going to hell now." Yeah, and <laughs> you know, and worrying that the Beastie Boys actually shot people because they rapped about it on License to Ill. So it's 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 like when when you came up, are you are you wrestling fans at all?
2: Uh, I mean, back in you know Andre the Giant and. Okay. Called, you know, Iron yeah. Sheik uh, is I'm golden era,
1: you know, like Macho Man, Hulk Hogan uh, Ric okay. Flair the, uh, the
0: difference is you're, when it comes to music, you are on the backside where we got to know the people but we're a little behind you when we didn't. So yeah. it's like in wrestling, that moment when they broke character and Brett and, and Bret the Hitman Hart talked about being screwed in Montreal that was oh, well,
1: I, I, I was around for that.
0: But that that was a moment in wrestling when it stopped being a pretend sport where we all pretended to agree where they let us all in. It's the same thing.
1: Yeah. But you know, I look at that and it's like, man, that's really cool. You know, look it I I I I feel like it may decrease some of the luster, it may take away from some of the majesty, if you will. But uh it, on the other hand on the flip side it's more connected to like i felt more connected to it yeah it's humanizing I'm, sure yeah you know
2: um, but maybe some people i don't weird. want to be humanized you know right I mean? exactly like, that that's it. I, I don't want people to be humanized because then i don't know there's a
1: well at the end of the day it's entertainment and what is entertainment like why do people
2: read books they don't read books
1: because they're interesting a lot of people read books especially fiction for the escape you know, like they want to escape from reality. They, you know, they want to dehumanize. So I, I totally get that other side of it, you know. Like, right.
0: But you can't give me 60, 70, 80, 90 years in a row of this is real. This is real. This is real to, by the way, we were just kidding all that time.
1: Uh, <clears throat> I don't know. I don't know how you say that, man. You know, that's the state of American politics. Like for to t- today, <laughs> it just they've just been giving us the same over and over. Over and over and over again, and you know, like you know, it's all, it's all, it's all a facade, really. You know, like <laughs> it's all theater. Uh,
0: I know it's theater, but they don't tell me it's theater. Um, no, they do. <laughs> they I disagree. Do. They have never. They will not say this is theater. We all know it's theater. We all know wrestling's theater. We all know a Black Sabbath concert is theater. We all know that. But we pretend that we don't for a minute, and when you're not, when you're telling me it's theater, well, it's a lot harder for me to pretend.
2: Yeah, I, not- I, I have a question. Do you think that because of what we're talking about, like this identity versus like reality, right? Your stage identity. Do you think that this is why Lemmy was actually God?
0: You know, because I think Lemmy might-
2: all the time.
0: Yeah, I think he might actually be the one person on stage that he was off stage. Do you know what I mean? Like I just yeah. I've, I've always like equated he... Lemmy
1: to like Lemmy is like the metal version of John Wayne. Like John Wayne never played anybody else except himself in every movie he ever did. And I feel like Lemmy was exactly that. Like he was he never he never had a persona or anything like that. He was just himself. <laughs> yeah.
2: His persona was him.
1: <laughs> yeah. It's
0: amazing to me and I I don't mean this any disrespectfully, because I I respect the hell out of Lemmy. I actually saw him on the last tour, which was a weird day. But it's amazing he lived as long as he did.
2: Without a doubt.
0: I mean, whoever would have guessed that he would have died of cancer?
1: Well, cancer is the number two killer of all human beings after heart disease.
0: I didn't think he was going to get long enough to go there.
1: Uh, well, you know, you gotta remember, man. Like Lemmy was a drinker first and foremost. I mean, yeah, he did his he did a share of drugs, but I mean, you know, he was known for he was known for the level of debauchery he would reach with uh, with the sauce rather than with anything else. Like I think Ozzy was known for his cocaine use. So was Motley Crue. Uh, you know, other bands more notorious for heroin. You know, Red Hot Chili Peppers, Aerosmith, the like. Um, you know, and that that kind of you can kind of see. <laughs> You can kind of see the effects that that takes on somebody day in, day out. You know, like when you're getting like crazy drunk every day, I don't know, it's like a pickling effect, I guess.
0: <laughs> <laughs> well, fair enough. You know, if, if you drink at the right amount per day, it's actually healthful and, and gives you health benefits. I yeah like it's like know. one one beer or two a day like it's actually good for you yeah i don't know that three bottles of jack daniels qualifies for that uh, no
1: definitely not <laughs> definitely not. i mean if i would have guessed anything from any way for let me to go i would have guessed liver failure
0: um i would have guessed i i honestly
1: i i, I would have guessed the bond scott yeah oh yeah that too that too that too, but you know, there's a secret to that. You know, you just never lay down. You know, like you know, oh, you, pass, you pass out on a couch, man. You know, you can't you can't drown in your own vomit if you're sitting up. You know. Oh
0: god. Um, <laughs> you know what? Uh, before we go too way far off the rails here, let's talk about a single we're gonna play by you guys.
1: Right on. Uh, it's obey, right?
0: Yeah, obey. Tell me about
1: it uh well you know that's let me see here I, I ben you take this for a minute i gotta gather my thoughts on this one
2: yeah because the lyrical content totally escapes me right now because i have just write all the music and i don't really pay attention to the vocals usually <laughs> just kidding uh you know it's, it's actually I'm funny kidding. that you mentioned that because as we're talking about this
1: I, I, the reason I was stalling was so I could like open up the lyrics for Obey. <laughs>
2: <laughs> <laughs> just be like,
1: yeah, what did I write like that one about? That's what know? I figured. <laughs>
2: that's what I figured. I don't know what the hell's going on usually, but uh, yeah, I don't know. I just, it's funny because, uh, you know, Joe was, I think he had described the whole Sour Times record at one point as like a hardcore record. And I listened to it and I'm like, damn, this is like the most metal thing I've pretty much ever put out like a bunch of my stuff is like you know i have another band called brain vacuum and it's like old school new york hardcore sounding you know and uh like skate punk almost and to me I was like, oh, this is like a metal album. And Joe comes with like, oh, it's like a hardcore album. And I'm like, I'm totally lost. I have no idea what's going on. I don't know what genre is. I can can adequately explain that to you right now. It's like,
1: you know, because listening to all your other stuff, by comparison, you're absolutely right. It totally is a metal album. But from where I'm standing compared to everything else I've done, this is the most hardcore stuff I've ever done. So for me, it really is a hardcore record. <laughs> so for you, because of all the stuff you've done, like, this is a metal record, and that totally makes sense when you look at it from that standpoint.
0: Based on um, what I listened to today, there was nothing. I mean, it was all metal for me.
1: Right.
2: That's what yeah. I thought, too.
1: Yeah. I, I, I don't know. It's just, it's got, it's just got this uh, this raw, visceral feel to the drums and the guitars that just really just screams hardcore to me. But, you know, but like there's I said,
0: double I, bass drums. There's no double bass drums in hardcore. Are you kidding me? I don't know what I'm talking about, though. In fairness.
2: <laughs> I have no
1: idea what I'm talking no, about. No, there's there's, there's, there's there's plenty, man. You know, like, uh, I, I don't know. I, w- I remember I was talking to Chris Daniele, who was the engineer I worked with to do the vocals for this record. I think Ben did everything uh, else in-house, all the instruments, everything in-house. He mixed and mastered in-house but I went to Disappearing Mountain in East Hampton, Mass to record all the vocals for it because that's where I do the majority of my work out of. And like, you know, I had explained to him, I was like, man, it's crazy. Ben Ben calls this a metal record, but dude, this is a hardcore record, ain't it? And he's like, he's like, you know, no, I mean, it's definitely, it, it could be a hardcore record, but it's definitely got the things that, and it, that, that make it a metal record for sure. Uh, and, and then he explained to me, he's like, well, you know, you got to look at everything that Ben's done versus everything that you've done everything that you've done is like definitely like full on metal, death metal, metal core. And all of other, all of Ben's other stuff is like legitimately hardcore, like even hardcore punk, you know, uh, to a degree. And I was like, well, yeah. And looking at it like that, that kind of makes a lot of sense. Um, lyrically I can say, you know, the, the Obey track was basically, it was basically, you know, uh, my look and my take on the democratic national committee and the democratic party, Uh, as a whole, and their attitude towards the voters uh, when they all went behind Joe Biden and kind of just ran roughshod over the progressive aisle yet again. It was basically like, you know, um, yeah, Biden's a bad candidate, but, you know, we need him because Trump is bad, you know, Um, and, and he's got the better chance to win. And it's like, okay, well, you know, but that's not really you know, the lesser of two evils is still evil, you know, and, and basically their attitude has been like, well, you need to shut up and get behind us, you know. Um, And that's really where like, the lyrical content went into play. Because like when Biden won, there were just like so many people that I could see, you know, between social media and people that I knew and people that I work with that were like, literally breathing a sigh of relief that this guy got into office. And it's like, dude, This guy is so bad. He's so bad, and the things that he's done, just as vice president and as a senator, are so bad. And it's like, man, you, you, how, like, what memory span do you guys even have? Like, you guys should be ashamed of yourself. You should not be applauding this at all. And that's basically where the lyrical content went. It went, went into it. It was like, okay, you know, Trump's bad. You know, we got him out of office, so we did the bare minimum. And, you know, we can go back to ignoring, you know, the situation of the world around us and, you know, what our government is doing. And we can just kind of go back to, you know, uh, enjoying our blissful ignorance of it. And, you know, meanwhile, it's like, all right, well, yeah, but this guy did the crime bill. You know, like, he basically, he basically propped up the prison industrial complex. He's a known plagiarist. You know, the list goes on of, like, yeah, is he as bad as Trump? No. Um, But, you know, he's still pretty bad. Like, you know, why can't we get behind somebody that's not a terrible person and a terrible lawmaker for a change, you know? Um, And whenever you say that, on whatever side of the aisle you are, you instantly become this pariah because the whole
0: system is so polarized. Well, I think I could sum that up easily. There was an episode of The Simpsons where Mr. Burns ran for governor. And Homer says to Mr. Burns, you should run for governor. And Mr. Burns responds with, do you know how much it costs to run for governor? More
1: than any honest man can afford. So yeah. Cool. Yeah. Yeah. Absolutely. Yeah. It's, 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 it's kind of crazy. Um, you know, and, but part of that is, uh, I don't know. We have way more connection with everybody else because of social media and the internet. Now I feel like if, if enough people, if just enough people knew about like one candidate that was running for something that like was really, truly honest and good, um, just with just on the internet alone would probably be enough to get them elected. And that's kind of uh,
0: this, uh, this will be the last thing I say on this and then we'll move on to the, the single. Cause we're going to go way too long and uh, bad. Um,
1: yeah. Sorry I, about that. I can go no on. Worries, no worries.
0: No, I, I get it. And I'm, I'm, I'm with you on a lot of points. I have known honest candidates. I have worked for honest candidates. I have worked for people that I have known for years to try to run and they have lost because they didn't have a catchy slogan, even with the internet, even with social media. Our political system is rotten to the core because money- and completely rigged, yep. Money matters more than money. anything else. Yeah. And let's, anything else regarding anything else that we need to
1: talk about? <laughs> um, yeah, so that's basically what Obey was in a nutshell. Um, Duality is uh, actually coming out uh, next week, I think, the 21st, right? Mm-hmm yep so that's coming out on the 21st and this, this song that you're playing is actually going to kind of kind of be like a sneak peek because that's not coming out until I believe the 5th or the 4th or something like that in May so uh, so yeah so that's kind of a treat for, for today that we're going to be doing that one but uh, and then the whole record is going to be coming out on May 14th yeah and with
0: that we will play Obey Ben, Joe thank you very much for joining me this yeah, is of course. Uh, this has been the Glacier Musical Podcast, which won't play in Peoria. Swing, no to to
3: so rest on, rest, on, so the rest on, take the rest rest Right face in desperate Say it so many bleepings Well, can I go i So sound like a How have we worn? Why have we done? I'll <laughs> run, Should be rushed. One, one, one. Soldiers to save our precious world. Don't wait for no one. Rushes to rebuild. Love and your children. The earth will rebuild. Don't wait for no one. It's the fault of the species that we so well pretend. They need such folly. Rest be burning for the years. Dark is our future when the lesser rainbow breaks down. Well, if we